What's up, Duke Blue Devil fans? Welcome to another episode of the Duke Blue Central podcast, a delayed episode. Episode, I uh, haven't been able to get out in a while, but we're back again. We're back again with another episode after a great Duke win tonight. Tonight might be a shorter episode. I'm coming at you live right after the game just to give you some quick post thoughts, and then we might do some more detailed episodes this following week, uh, breaking down what happened in la- uh, Duke's last couple games uh, where we dropped a few, dropped two games in a row uh, to Arkansas and Georgia Tech, obviously. And then um, also we want to break down upcoming the upcoming Baylor game, which is uh, becoming a bigger and bigger game for this Blue Devil squad as as we approach that game happening, I believe, eight days from now, time of recording. But for now, let's talk about this Duke Hofstra win. Uh, a little bit about the Hofstra Pride. I believe that's their mascot, Hofstra Pride. Cool cool mascot. Always on the lookout for cool mascots in college basketball. Cool team name. Love it. I'll tell you, Hofstra, Hofstra was a good little team. Like They uh, they know what they're good at. They play to their strengths, and they're uh, typically pretty good at making other teams play their own game. They've had a, some good wins this season. Their best one was upsetting uh, South Florida. They upset USF early in the year, which was a big win for them. Uh, but the big thing for them, they're around, I think, 100th ranked in Ken Palm. So this is not some slouch team. Um, this is not a team who doesn't have experience playing in elite environments like Cameron that they were in tonight. Uh, this was a pretty good squad. Um, pretty pretty well-respected uh, all across college basketball. Uh, their biggest strength is their three-point shooting, which if you watch the game tonight would be of no surprise to you. Uh, they are an elite, elite, elite three-point shooting team. Um, they shoot the ball, I think, just about as good as anybody in the nation right now. And that was on display tonight, especially in the first in the first half when uh, one player from, I believe his name was Dumphy. Forgive me if I'm forgetting that wrong. I think I believe number one for Hofstra. Uh, I think hit seven threes on the night, which was a career high for him. But uh, they came out absolutely on fire from the three-point line. Uh, and a lot of it was helped by Duke's kind of uh, lackluster perimeter defense. It was almost like Duke's defensive scheme, at least for the first half tonight, was to take away dribble drives and penetration more than it was to take away the three-point shot, which I thought was maybe a little bit of a questionable move. Uh, just because we know Hofstra going into the game is such a great three-point shooting team. Uh, but I think maybe they had the idea that if we take away everything else and their shot doesn't fall, then they'll be in deep trouble. Uh, but the shot did fall at least early for them, uh, and that's how they were able to kind of stay in this game and even have a lead in this game, uh, even while Duke offensively, I thought, looked about as good as I'd like them to see or as I'd like in this game. Uh, you know, a lot of passing today, a lot of assist. It's hard to highlight one guy's passing performance just because the ball was being shared so well tonight. Uh, but it's impossible to talk about how good Duke was offensively tonight which without talking about Kyle Filipowski. Um, he was coming off a game against Charlotte where surprisingly had a rough game. His elbow got banged up there, I believe, in the second half, and that might have affected him more than uh, more than we would think as he just continued to play throughout the game. Uh, coming off a rare, rare kind of poor game for him, and, and he responded very, very well tonight. And I think, I honestly think, obviously, Flip is an awesome player, has done everything for Duke this season. He's passed well, rebounded well scored well obviously he's leading Duke in most categories on the team I think including steals maybe that's uh, not accurate as of late but at least through the first several games he was even leading Duke in steals 
Um, but tonight, I thought it was not his 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 great game was not only a result of him just being a great player, but it was the result of the team around him getting the ball to him in spots he needs to get the ball in. I, I think early in the year, we're still early in the year, but at least for the first couple games in the year, it has felt like Flip has kind of had to be awesome, has had to be elite to score at the level that he has. And he has scored is the thing. He is that talented that even without a great offensive scheme around him, he still can just put the ball in the basket. But I think we've relied a little too much just on his pure talent for him to score. And that's something that Duke fans are used to. You know, we're used to having these big time NBA prospects that are going to be top five draft picks. Uh, You know, you think about Paolo, you think about Kyrie, you think about Zion, you know, those guys had the ability from rip in college to to get them to ball and everybody else get the heck out of the way and they're going to score. And and while Flip is a great NBA prospect, uh, I don't know if in college, at least right now, he's on the level of some of those guys offensively where you just give them the ball and get out of the way. In some spots, he is like that. Um, But I would say everybody knows that, you know, at least right now in his Duke career, you know, he's not like a guy like Zion where you chuck him the ball and you might as well start running the other way because uh, the ball is going through the basket. Um, but that being said, uh, tonight, uh, it, his his massive scoring totals and really all-around awesome numbers today, I, I thought were a result of him being great, finishing through tough contact and making in ones and making shots, making three-point shots. But it was also a result of the team around him and the coaching staff knowing where his strengths are and knowing where to get him the ball. I, I thought his movement was the best tonight, just about as I've seen all year from him. Uh, we were having him move in and out. Uh, he wasn't just stagnant, clogging up the lane. He was moving around the three-point line, which honestly opened up a lot of great passing opportunities for him. I saw somebody tweet out mid-game that he was looking like Jokic out there tonight, which I thought was an accurate description because we were moving him along the three-point line and constantly, because he just draws so much attention, no matter where he is on the floor, you know, he draws the most attention on the court when he's in that low block, when he's in the low post and there were several times tonight where we would get in the low post and like clockwork would draw that double and he was able to kick out either to a lot of the times it was a cutting mark mitchell for an easy dunk at the basket or plenty of other times it was a kick out to either roach mccain or foster for an open three-point shot that duke really buried tonight and and that's something i've harped on a lot on this podcast is duke's inability to shoot as well as they need to to be an effective team wasn't a problem tonight. However, you know, I tweeted this during the Charlotte game as well. Uh, I, I'm not going to say that this team is just an elite shooting team until we prove it against really, really good competition. Now, I actually think Hofstra is a decent team. Like, a, they're better than what the scoreboard would show you tonight. I, I think tonight's scoreboard is great because it reflects how great Duke really played today, especially in the second half. Um, Hofstra is not Southern Indiana or Bucknell or, or one of those teams or LaSalle. Uh, they are a legit program, and, and I think – they're your least favorite type of team to play at Cameron. How many times as Duke fans have we watched at Cameron, the other team fit, shoot 50% from three for the whole game and keep it close and maybe even upset us um, upset us at Cameron? Those teams that just shoot the three really well and the teams that always rise to the occasion when you're playing at Duke are so annoying. This game had the makings of a trap game a week before the Baylor game. Uh, it, it's just I, I thought it was a great uh, to see Duke 
come out the way they did. And even with the defensive inefficiencies in the first half, I, I, I felt like I was never worried in this game because even at, I was sitting there at halftime thinking everything went just about right for Hofstra in that half. You know, they're shooting 50% from three. Their guys are going off. They're on fire shooting the ball. They've made tough mid-range shots. They've got to the line and hit just about all of their free throws. And they're still down five. Uh, I think Duke scored 44 in the first half. And, and that was one of the keys to this game, is that Duke's offense was firing on all cylinders tonight. I think we ended up with 89. Could have easily got more if uh, by the end of the game we weren't stalling out the clock just trying to get out of there with a win. Um but a great performance tonight from Duke. I, I thought everyone pretty much played well. I, it, it's hard. I, I don't really necessarily feel the need to go player by player on this one because I thought everybody had a great game. The, the two guys you want to highlight the most is Flip just being able to dominate, which is something we needed to see from him after an off night. And Jeremy Roach had an awesome game. He has really come alive um, after kind of a few games in a row there where he wasn't looking like himself. Uh, Roach has been back to his normal self, making tough shots, and he's made a lot of his threes this year, which is something I predicted at the beginning of the year because I thought he was going to get more open threes this season than he's had in his entire Duke career. And, and that seems to be the case. Um, as we thought it was preseason, seems to be the case now. He's getting more open threes, and he's burying those shots, especially on those offensive rebound kickouts. Uh, it, it's something that he looks for, that he hunts for, and that he is so good at as a player it is uh, hovering around that three-point line after a missed shot uh, and an offensive board, um, which Duke also had plenty of tonight. I thought Mark Mitchell responded decently well. He still had his little hiccups in this game, uh, still didn't make a three. Uh, it, the three-point shot is just really not falling for Mark Mitchell. He's having kind of a Jack White-esque stretch here where he's not making anything. I think they said he was one for 15 or 16 on the year for threes this far. But I think he's also recognizing that that's not his game. Uh, and tonight, I think as the game progressed, he embraced that role even more. Even when they were leaving him wide open from three, he still was athletic enough to get into the low post, not lose the ball, dribble into the low post, and either put up a tough shot, draw a foul, put up a shot and make it, or plenty of times he kicked out to an open three to one of our guards who, once again, very important, hit the standstill open three. You know, I've heard Kay talk about it a million times. If you can hit the open three and the three point, uh, the open three point shot and the free throw, you're going to win a lot of games and have a long career in college and the pros. Um, and, and that's what these Duke guards need to live by. You got to hit that free throw, and almost more importantly, that standstill open three is going to be there for this team. But you got to hit it, and they hit it tonight. Um, say it, said it once, say it again. Though uh, I'm going to hold my breath on this shooting until we see it against Baylor. If we shoot really well against Baylor, that I will view that as a huge, huge turning stone, uh, turning point uh, for this team. Uh, that would that may be the thing I'm looking for the most is is are we hitting those open shots like we do against lesser opponents? I think if you look at our three point percentage, it's pretty good so far this year. But I, I have to say that some of that is looking at it through fair weather glasses because we've made a ton of threes against really bad teams and against great teams. Uh, we've really struggled from the three-point line, even hitting as low as like 23%. I think we shot against one team, one of those uh, good non-conference games. Uh, so let's wait until the Baylor game for that. And uh, the other big aspect of this game that I want to touch on before I go 
is uh, Tyrese Proctor being out. And the commentator and a lot of guys on Duke Twitter were making this point. And I think John Shire even said something about it pregame is that he believes that Tyrese Proctor going out for a couple games, you know, he's been out, he was out against Charlotte. He was out pretty much the whole Georgia Tech game. I think he played a minute. Uh, he was out against Charlotte and now was out against Hofstra. He believes it's really letting the guards, the freshman young guards, get a chance to f- discover what they're good at, find their role. And I think uh, they've really done that, especially Jared McCain. I-, I think McCain has had an awesome couple of games. I thought he was great tonight. Made a couple freshman mistakes, but the shooting was there tonight. The passing, for the most part, was there tonight. And the biggest thing for him is that shot. You know, he's on this team to create space, hit threes, uh, and even hit some mid-range and uh, runners. Uh, as he's driving to the basket and, and he did all of that tonight and I think he is finding his role nicely as a guy he, he's running around a lot more felt like in the beginning of the year and throughout these first couple weeks of the season he's been a little too uh maybe not skittish is the word but but standstill felt like uh, if you have a guy of that quality of, of shooter He's got to be running all around the floor trying to get open by any means necessary. There's got to be off-ball screens set for him, and I think he's doing a better job of of running around that three-point line uh, in these last two games. And I think if Proctor can kind of integrate back into this team without too much of a a learning curve – uh, we can really be special right when he comes back, uh, you know, because Proctor is a guy that looks to pass and looks to run around and make plays. Um, so hopefully, you know, him coming back doesn't bog things down again. I don't. I would hate to think that it would. I think Proctor's one of our best guys, and that if anyone needs to be handling the ball, it's him. And and, and you know, that identity of running around, passing the ball, hitting threes fits his identity. So. I believe he's going to integrate back pretty seamlessly, but it's going to be interesting to watch. I haven't heard the reports on like whether we think he's going to be back against Baylor. I think he probably will be back. Uh, haven't heard anything, obviously, but it just feels like you know an ankle sprain. The way Shire was talking about it, he talked about you know a few days ago that this game was likely unlikely he would play, uh, and that to me sounds like. They knew he wasn't going to play, but it wasn't like so far-fetched that he couldn't play. Uh, And the Baylor game isn't for another eight days. That's a lot of time to rehab just a sprained ankle. Uh, But you never know if he's going to be at 100%. So it's going to be good for these guards. It has been good for these guards to get this opportunity to figure out who they are without him. And and that can be a great motivator for some teams. We kind of saw it. Again, you know, this team is shaping up to be just like last year's squad. We saw it last year when Roach went down with a toe injury and was kind of either out or less than 100% for a lot of the year is when we saw Tyrese Proctor turn into Tyrese Proctor. You know, before that, he he kind of looked lost out there. Then we switched him to the primary ball handler when Roach went out, and that continued the rest of the year. So who knows when Proctor comes back, the kind of confidence that these guys are going to be playing with. Uh, and, and I look forward to, you know, you hate to lose a guy like Proctor for any amount of games, but, uh, you know, if it was good for us in the season to maybe get the young guys more confidence, I, I'll be excited for that. Caleb Foster had an interesting game. He did score. A, he scored late, which kind of maybe padded his stats a little bit. Uh, but I'm liking what I'm seeing from Foster. He's he's finding his identity as well. I think his identity as a player, at least for this year's team, is a little harder to find than McCain's because obviously Jared is just such a knockdown shooter. He's just so easy to plug in. Foster is a great shooter, but uh, not quite on that level. And I think he's still figuring out how to get his inside game going, which I think he will be 
maybe the best part of his game once he figures it out. He's still figuring it out, but I'm confident in Caleb. Uh, I've liked the way he's played over the past few games, and I think the scoring in volume will come for him. He's a guy that just seems to score in spurts. It's like you won't see anything from him the whole game, and then all of a sudden he'll score eight in a row. You know, He'll hit two threes and then get an and one, and that'll be it. Um, which you need those guys. You need those guys in March, especially, you know, probably coming off the bench, which he will be that just spark plug by guy. You can come in and he'll get you a couple buckets. So I'm excited to see him develop, but great win from Duke tonight. I don't have a, a ton of negatives other than the obvious first half defense. Um, but I think Duke will adjust and, uh, just an all around good team win tonight. I'm really happy with tonight's win. Hofstra, once again, I think is a very formidable opponent, and I think Duke showed up today and uh, it showed why we're ranked ahead of them, why we're the better team. We played to our strengths. We're playing a lot faster against Charlotte. We played fast against Hofstra. We, I thought we played faster than we had in the in the other games previously before Charlotte. I'd like to see us get out and run even a little bit more, but I think it's obvious to this team that we're playing our best when we can get the most amount of possessions. You know, typically – the most talented team wants to have the most wants to have a high possession game. It, you know, the more possessions that are in a game, most of the time that most the team with the most talented players win. That's why schools like Virginia have have made a living off of playing slow is because, you know, at least historically, they're not a team who gets just dominant recruits. You know, they're not getting a bunch of NBA guys in there that are going to be one and done. So, they try to use that to their advantage, use their experience, use their age to slow the game down, play great defense, and get as little position possessions in the game as possible to try and limit the opposing team from running away with things. And it's worked for them for years. But when you're a team like Duke who has, you know, we might be the top five, maybe even top two, just pure most talented teams in college basketball. So I think the more possessions we can get, the better and I trust our defense enough to uh, defend well enough that even if the other team's getting a lot of possessions that that we can stop them more than they can stop us uh, which is I think kind of what this team should live by and it looks to be headed in that direction but great win today uh, once again sorry for the extended break on the podcast we'll try not to do that again this season but hopefully I can get back at you with another episode before the Baylor game but if not we'll definitely be coming at you live right after that one huge huge game for duke can't wait to see all you guys uh during that episode if you want to support the podcast you can give me a rating or follow me over on twitter at duke blue central it's been awesome i uh, can't wait to talk to you guys again go blue devils <laughs>